Would you go with me to John the 13th chapter? John chapter 13 and then also 1 Corinthians 13. John 13, 1 Corinthians 13. We've been uh, speaking and ministering on Sunday mornings now for several weeks on the subject of the love of God. The love of God. And I believe it to be one of the most important subjects. I would, I would go ahead and, and say this, the most important subject that Christians could think about, that preachers could preach on. Now that's, that's saying a lot. The most important. Why would you say that, Brother Keith? Well, God is love. Right? The love command is the New Testament commandment from the lips of the Master. Can you get any more important than God? No, you can't. So it is the most important. And we are faith people, a people of faith. Understanding faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Understanding without faith it's impossible to please God. But what else does the scripture say? That faith works by love. So you can't ignore the love of God and and be victorious in faith. Cannot because our faith works by the love. So how many are interested in faith? And how many are interested in love? Amen. So uh, in John 13, this is our, our... golden text, if you want to say it that way, our main text that we've used repeatedly, John 13 and verse 34, the words of Jesus, John 13, 34. Let's pray before we read. Release faith. You're not limited to what I know today. Thank God. You, we've got the Holy Spirit in us and among us. He can say things to you I never said. Are things through me to you? Are things about what was said? How many understand that the Holy Ghost is smart? Oh, he's, Spirit of God is, whoo, I mean, he can, he can reveal to you just like that what you've been stumbling over for years. And you just sit there and go, okay, that's, that's what to do. You, you just, just see it clear and know it and just straighten out problems in your life if you look into it. So that's what we do right now in prayer. Let's look to the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your faithfulness, for your loving kindnesses, your tender mercies to us. Oh, so many things you've done or doing and have yet planned to do great things for us. And we thank you for it. Thank you for your holy written word. Thank you for the great teacher, the mighty Holy Spirit, whom you've sent to indwell us and to be our guide and our helper. And we look to him. And we depend upon him and we yield to him this morning. And we say, give us utterance, full and complete. Give everybody eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that understands and a receiving heart. And grant us answers to questions and solutions to problems and help and grace and strength in Jesus' name. We'll not be hearers only, but be doers. And we'll give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Everybody said out loud, I'm a doer, I'm a doer. Not, a not a hearer only. Now say this out loud, a prayer to God. Said out loud, God, God. Get, glory to get glory to yourself in my spirit, in my, spirit. In my, body. In my body, in my life, in, my life. 
in my family, my finances, my business. Get glory to yourself in me and all mine. Amen. You know, when you want what God wants, for the same reasons he wants it, you become unstoppable. Did you hear me? I said, when you want, when you desire what God desires, for the same reasons he desires them, who can stop God? You become one with him, you become unstoppable. Your success becomes unpreventable. Somebody should say amen at least one time. All right. John 13, are you there? The New Testament commandment. Jesus said, John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, by us loving each other like he loves us, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. This is the seal of genuineness, this is the acid test of real Christianity. How can we tell that somebody really is a born again child of God? Hmm? He said, by this, will all men, everybody, that'd be saved and unsaved, everybody could recognize that you are a, a true disciple of the Lord's. That is, you've really been born again. You really are a child of God. First John said, we know that we've passed from death to life. Why? Because we love a specific group, the brethren. Well, here we, we are to love the unsaved, but that's not what this scripture said. God loves the world. Loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. But who are we told to love here? Each other, and like First John said, love your brethren. That's people who've been born again. Our strongest witness to the outside is how we treat each other. Amen. It's why the devil works so hard to stir up and to perpetuate strife. Split Christian families. Split Christian churches. Split Christian ministries. Because it absolutely undermines our witness to the world. They think, well, they fuss just like us. Why do I want to be a Christian? Oh, but friend, when we overcome our selfishness, when we care about each other, take care of each other, rally around each other, use our faith for each other, share our resources and money and stuff with each other. I mean, people from the outside will get to looking going, man, I want to join that bunch. Because you join, you part of that bunch, you got it made. You'll never be alone again. Never be without prayer and support and help and faith again. And that's the way it is. Well, it should be in every Christian family, every Christian church. So this is the New Testament commandment that we love one another as he has loved us. Well, in 1 Corinthians 13, we have this great exposition of the love of God. The word love has been so overused and misused and abused until so many folk don't even know what love is. You got a lot of men don't even like to use the word love. They think it indicates sappiness 
and, and weakness. God is love. Is God sappy? <laughs> or weak? No. God doesn't get any. I mean, you look in, up in the word uh, strong in the dictionary and God's picture will be there. Oh, he's, he is strength personified. And he is love. Selfishness is weak. And it makes you weak. And if you seek for yourself, the Bible says you'll perish. But if you lay down your life for others, take strength to do that. I mean, we're talking about these Medal of Honor recipients. A lot of them did it. A lot of these medals have been awarded uh, after their death to their family. They, they laid down their life for their, their buddies, for their company, for their country. Ran right into fire. That's not weak. I said, that's not weak. I mean, there's cases of uh, individuals that had three or four bullets in them, and they kept going back and dragging buddies out. Bleeding from four or five corners, and just keep on doing it. Amen. Run back into fire? That's not weak. That's love. That's love for your family at home. You want them to stay free. Amen. It's love for your buddy next to you. Amen. It's love for your God. If you know him. Right? Oh, thank God for a revelation of real love. I mean, in the world, people talk about, you know, I love my car. I I love apple pie. I love pizza. I love you. Today. And people fall in love and fall out of love. I'm sorry, but I just don't love you anymore. The thrill is gone. Well, it's doubtful you ever loved them. Did you hear me? Oh, yeah, we were in love. Well, I didn't say in love. I said it's doubtful you ever loved them. When people say, I love you. I can't live without you. I love you. I need you. That's not loving them. That's loving yourself. You love how they make you feel. You love what they do for you. That's not loving them. Let me tell you what real love is. God loved us while we didn't even like him. While we were yet his enemies. Christ died for the... We weren't doing a thing for him. We weren't giving him any warm and fuzzies. But he loved us so much that he bought us back. He paid for us. That's love. Even though we mess up and goof up, he ever lives to make intercession for us. That's love. That kind of real love. The love that will go into fire for somebody. Love that will go to the cross for somebody. Love that will lay down your life for somebody that don't even like you. That kind of divine love has been shed abroad in your and my heart. By the Holy Ghost. And we can live that way if we'll yield to it. How am I to love you and you to love me? Like Jesus has loved us. Well that kind of love is described in 1 Corinthians 13. Are you there? That kind, This divine love is described in 1 Corinthians 13. And in verse 4 he begins to uh, describe it. The word charity is used And a lot of your modern translations don't use charity. It uses the word love because that's what it's talking. It's talking about divine love. Love suffers long, puts up with long, and is kind. Now, it doesn't just put up with something 
and mean while it's putting up with it. A lot of times folk put up with something because they don't think they got a choice. But they're mean, bitter, gripey. No, you put up with stuff and you're kind. Everybody say kind. Kind while you're putting up with it. We could preach on that, couldn't we? I mean, you're, you're putting up with stuff. You're taking a bunch of stuff. You're putting up with a bunch of stuff, but you're just sweet and kind. Somebody says, How, what are you doing through all that? And you go, well, the Lord's helping me. How do you put up with them? Well, they got their good points. <laughs> Amen. And how many understand, if you're, if you're doing this, you're happier. Huh? I mean, back in John 13 and also in 15, if you read that, he talks about keeping the love commandment. And he says, I want you to do this so that your joy would be full. You're not happy when you're griping about your situation in life or fussing about what somebody's not doing for you or what they did against you. But when you can just uh, cast your cares on the Lord and just let ugly words and ugly stuff roll off your back like water off a duck's back and just stay sweet and stay kind, you're having much more fun huh? than people that are griping and upset. Why, you know, let it rain on your parade because they want to act like a heathen. Just smile and be sweet and enjoy life. You live longer. You enjoy life better. Amen? Everybody say, suffer long and kind. That's the key there, isn't it? Love envies not. Love vaunts not itself, is not puffed up. Love does not behave itself unseemly. Nobody ever acted rude in love. Nobody ever showed out in a restaurant. I didn't order this. I told you exactly. I wanted it, you know, medium well and no salt. And I wanted this and I wanted this like this. Can you not hear? (laughs) That's rude. Well, yeah, but I told you. No, nothing. You're supposed to be saved. Now act like it. Act like a saved person. Amen. There's been a number of times somebody brought me a completely different thing than what I ordered. <laughs> number of times. And I looked at it and I thought, well, that'll, and they said, oh, you didn't know. I said, well, that'll probably be good. Yeah. I just didn't know what I wanted. <laughs> just, yeah, just leave it. That'll be great. Amen. <laughs> if you ever tried to serve somebody in a public position, then you know about it. And they may have had four aggravation cases before you showed up. You ought to be the breath of fresh air. You ought to be some joy and sunshine. You ought to be so easy to get along with. Amen. Well, I paid good money for that car. Bless God, they're going to fix it or else. Mm-hmm. Love's not at work. And if love ain't working, what else is not working? Faith is not working. Chew on people, fuss at people, demand. I've I've traveled with people before, preachers. I won't say who. It wasn't Brother Hagin. (laughs) 
But, you know, just chew on the people at the uh, ticket counter at the airport and just fuss at people and chew and just demand this and demand this. Ask for special treatment. Everything got to be special for them. You know, they brought me the pack of peanuts and I said, great, you know, and then they got to have, so I can't have that special, got to have special this. I can't have that. You know, you know, that's why a lot of people stay sick. Their pride causes them to hold on to their eating disorders and their allergic disorders. Why? Because I'm special and I'm ultra sensitive. I'm not like other people. I have to have special food and I have to have special. Well, you could get healed and delivered. Amen. Or you can just claim that that doesn't make you special. Well, we're having fun now, aren't we? <laughs> if you don't like this, just sit tight and relax. Maybe you'll like the next one or come back to another service. No, I'm telling you, I've dealt with this kind of thing for years. If you want to be healed, if you'd like to be delivered and free, you can't use things. Did you hear me? Uh, to, you know, for people to show you special attention and that kind of thing. Somebody who's walking in love and thinking about other people, they don't want me to be sticking out like a sore thumb, always have to have something special. The Bible says, eat what's set before you. Is that Bible or did I just make that up? Eat what's set before you. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Did I change subjects or are we talking about walking in love? Huh? Love doesn't behave itself unseemly. Have you ever seen Christians act ugly? Show out. You know, Phyllis used to work in admissions office at a Bible school at Rama, and and I, while I taught there, and we we had people that have to go through with an exit interview with me or with her, uh, left school, left training for the ministry over some of the dumbest things. One lady, she said, "Well, I, I'm, they're they're leaving. Nice dressed couple, sharp looking couple. We're leaving. Only been there a few months." So why? You know, just a couple of months ago, they said, the Lord sent us here to train and get ready for the ministry. Go out and serve God. Now they're leaving. Why are you leaving? Well, they'd been late several times because they come in late and they had to park in the gravel. And she had on these fancy shoes and it was messing her shoes up to have to walk through the gravel to come to class. Well, we had a revelation for them. Get there earlier. And you'll find a paved parking spot. Well, no, no, they, you know, they don't like that. And that ain't right. And they've got, they've gotten a couple of tickets because they parked, they parked in the instructor's place, didn't they? Parked in my parking spot. No, they didn't park in mine, but some of the other instructors and they got tickets. Well, that made them mad. Well, they were painted different colors. I mean, it was a phrase that everybody learned. Blues for the instructors and the yellows for you. You know, I mean, they, well, they just come in late and park in the blue spot. They said, we're leaving. Somebody said, what would y'all say to them? Bye. <laughs> Why? They ain't ministry material. You can't walk through a gravel parking lot. 
to get training. And you know how many people across the world would love to be sitting in that chair and getting trained and getting fed? Not ministry material. Had a guy sit there across from me and he said, you know, why are you leaving? I asked him. He said, well, you know, I'm not eating very good. I said, well, you going hungry? He said, no, I'm eating. It's just noodles and stuff. (laughs) SpaghettiOs and pork and beans. I said, well, but you're eating? He said, yeah. He said, but, you know, back home, mama cooked me a steak twice a week. He said, I'm going home. What do you say to people like that? Bye. (laughs) Is that ridiculous or what? Ignorant. Got people on the field, you know, eating roasted monkey. (laughs) And they can't handle a can of pork and beans. You need to go home to mama. But people, you know, act rude and, and, and ask for special stuff. Why? They're unthankful. And they're not aware of everybody else round about them. How many know you don't have to speak up if you're getting short of something? If everybody else is being taken care of and, and you, you, you're a little bit short so that they can have extra, you don't have to say a word. Just be kind and go, yeah, great, it's all going good. You can eat when you get to the house. Right? Or you, it'll, it'll be made up to you some other way. But you see, folk, man, they won't, they won't stand for any seemingly being neglected. Why? Because they think the show revolves around moi. If I ain't happy, I'm going to let it be known because as it is written, it is the squeaky wheel that getteth the grease. <laughs> is there a such a scripture? The squeaky wheel getteth the grace. But people quote it though. Well, you know, you don't, you gotta speak up. Can't let people run over you. Can't, you gotta, you gotta speak up. No. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. Faith will be quiet and trust God. Stay steady and behave itself. Everybody say behave yourself. See, love doesn't behave itself unseemly. Now get to the next one. Love seeks not her own. That's the one I was trying to get to. All that other was free. Seeks seeks not her own. Everybody said out loud, love Love. seeks seeks not its own. Say that two more times, please, with me. Love seeks not its own. One more time. Love seeks not its own. Now, I'm going to read uh, some other scriptures to you. Well, it wouldn't hurt you to turn to a few, would it? Go ahead and go, please, to 1 Corinthians, the, uh, the 10th chapter. And the 24th, for I want to read about three scriptures here. And please let these sink down into your heart. Let them register on you. 1 Corinthians 10, 24. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth or well-being or welfare. Notice the word seek. And you're not seeking your own. Don't seek your own. Will you be tempted to seek your own? Yeah. All you got to do to be fleshy and carnal is just wake up in the morning. Just wake up in the morning. You got flesh 
and, 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 and just, just go with whatever crosses your mind and you'll be thinking about yourself and you'll be meditating about yourself, what I'd like to have, what I don't have, what I want to do, what I'm not doing, me, 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 me. If you don't put forth an effort, you can just think on yourself all day and, and, and it'll make you unhappy. And seek for what I want. Seek to make myself happy. Seek my life. And the Bible said you do that and you'll lose it. It'll go through your fingers. But can you suppress those desires of the flesh? And can you let the love of God dominate you on the inside and say, no, forget about me. Forget about me. How can I be a blessing to somebody? And seek. Everybody say seek. Now here's the operative word. This is, this is a verb, right? An action word. Do what? See. So is it just going to fall on you? So should you only be concerned about people to help that are dropped in your lap? And there they are. Well, there's some. No, you and I are to what? Actively seek another's benefit. What does seek mean? Go looking for it. Right? Instead of seeking how I can make me happy, seeking what other, now we talked about this last week. See, uh, selfishness is always thinking about what other people could or should do for me. And, and it's miserable so much of the time because of what somebody didn't do for me. They weren't there for me. They didn't come through for me. They didn't help me sit around, feel sorry, cry. Love seeks what can I do for somebody else. And he gets so caught up in that, it's not thinking about what somebody else should do for me. And I gave you the motto that I've lived by for several years now, and it keeps me happy. I don't have depressed days. You can ask my wife. I mean, how long has it been since she saw me depressed? She probably cannot remember a time she's seen me depressed. Why? I don't have to be depressed. Nobody has to be depressed. You do not have to receive it. You do not have to yield to it. Even though you got a bunch of stuff going on, you can jump up and shout. Anyhow. Amen. Don't have to be down. I mean, worst case scenario, if everything went wrong and, and I died, don't cry for me. I'm saved. I mean, if I lost everything and fell out dead, hey, I'm going straight to heaven. I can't lose. I can't be defeated. Amen. 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 Born again. Got my name in the Lamb's book of life. But I know I can conquer down here too. I'm an overcomer. Amen. He always causes me to triumph. So if I won't doubt and if I won't quit, I'll just keep winning. And win again. And win again. Somebody say, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. The devil's a loser. He wants to tell you you're a loser, but he's the loser. That's why he's got losing on his mind. <laughs> he is. The Holy Ghost told me that. You remember, I, if y'all, some of y'all were here, you might have heard me say it. The, I mean the Holy Ghost. I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but inside me distinctly. He said to me, he said, Keith, the devil is the loser. Capital T, capital L. The loser. Read the back of the book. He loses. Right? That's what he's going to be known for. He's not going to be known in the eons to come as the great, terrible destroyer. Oh, he wishes. 
He is the stripped one, the brought to naught one, the under our feet one, the eternally defeated one, the loser. He don't want you to know that. He don't want you to believe that, but it's true. So he gets to messing with you, bringing lies to you. What do you do? You say, loser, loser. You're not just a loser. You're the loser. You're the, I mean, you are the loser. They should put your picture in the dictionary by loser. Because you are the quintessential loser. You are the apex of losing. You define the word. You don't like that, but tough. Because he is. He is. And you and I, more than conquerors, overcomers, winners. Whoo, hallelujah. The Apostle Paul at the end of his course, he got to looking by faith on the other side. He said, man, he said, there is a crown of righteousness laid up for me. He said, I have run my race. I have finished my course. That's winning. I said, that's winning. We win here and now. We win then and there. Because the Lord has won it all for us. Let no man do what? 1 Corinthians 10, 24. Let no man seek his own, but seek another's. Now skip down to the 31st verse. Whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Brother Hagin said this one time. It's a, somebody was asking him. They said, well, I don't believe it's a sin to, uh, to you know, do this or to do that. He said, well, I'm not going to argue with you about that. One person uh, was wanting to fuss with him about... Uh, certain habit that they had. He said, well, show me in the Bible where it says, thou shalt not do this particular thing. Well, it don't say thou shalt not uh, shoot heroin. I don't know of any verse that says thou shalt not, uh, you know, snort cocaine. Y'all are too quiet. I don't have a whole church full of cocaine snorters, do I? Y'all are like, don't get on the cocaine, Brother King. <laughs> Look, if you snort cocaine, I mean, if you smoke crack, whatever, we love you. And we're not going to condemn you about doing drugs. Now, you know, doing drugs will kill you. Besides that, it'll it'll make you stupid before you die. (laughs) It will. I mean, it'll it'll burn out brain cells. You'll be going, duh, I don't know. I was just smoking some dope, man. It will. Somebody says, I've already fried some. God can heal them. He can, I've seen him. He can replace them. I got a good friend of mine in, in the, uh, you know, in the seventies. He tried everything, man. I mean, he absolutely smoked part of his brain and he just wasn't all there. He just sit around and, and not be in the conversation and just smile and go, cool, man. <laughs> He, 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 he has smoked part of his brain. Today, he is a bright, sharp, eloquent pastor of a large work. God restored his mind and his brain. He can do that. But whether it's, you know, shooting up or snorting or whatever it is, whatever you eat 
or whatever you drink, whatever you do, do it what? To the glory of God. So now, if you can say, Lord, I'm going to snort this Coke for your glory. Here we go. To the glory of God. I'm going to shoot this up for your glory. If you can really do that, and you feel confident and good about that, well, that's between you and Him. But anything that you don't believe is glorifying Him, you should examine it really close, right? Scrutinize it and go, well, now, does, does this glorify God? Because whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, wherever you go, whatever you're involved in, should be what? To the glory of God. And if it's something that's had you bound, you can be delivered. I said, you can be delivered. Don't you, don't you believe the devil's lies? Well, yeah, but I've been doing this for years and I just, I just can't get set free. Yes, you can. First off, change your words. Because if you decree over yourself that you can't change, your words are going to be stouter than mine or anybody else's around you. But if you'll agree with us and agree with the Lord, that nothing's too difficult for the Lord. Nothing's impossible to him that believes. Amen. Amen. Everybody said out loud, because some folk need to say it especially, said out loud, I can be free free from every bondage. bondage. I can be loosed loosed from every habit habit. in Jesus' name. Now, don't say anything else except that. Don't say, I can't. Don't say, I've tried. Don't say, no. Say, I am loosed. I am delivered. Put those words in your mouth. We got a good testimony not too long ago. Somebody did that, and they just begin to say, I'm free. I'm free. It didn't look like it. didn't feel like it for months, but now they are. Now they are free from that terrible hunger and craving. That's not God. We're supposed to be loosed. Amen. Happy. Free. I don't need to snort or shoot something to be happy. I got the source of happiness inside me. Amen. Go to uh, Philippians real quickly. Philippians, the second chapter. You don't have to have everything together and have every habit overcome before you can come to church either. That's why you should come to church. Get built up. Get strong. So you can. And you know, there's some people that's got some habits that's, you know, not so nice. But you know, some other folk that think they're so perfect have got some habits that are worse. Of backbiting about folk and gossiping and talking and, and, and other stuff. Worrying and that kind of thing. We're not going to try to rate sins. We just, all of us want to get loosed from all of it and be free from all the problems. In Philippians 2, are you there? Philippians 2 tells us about this again. Good gracious. Almost to my introduction. (laughs) Don't be concerned. Philippians 2 and verse 19. He said, I trust in the Lord Jesus... To send Timotheus shortly to you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. That he may be comforted when he knows what? There, how they're doing. Well, how's he doing? He's in a cold, damp prison cell. Hmm? And did he write to him and said, oh God, y'all got to pray for me now. Y'all got to get me out of here. I can't take it anymore. 
Y'all sitting up there in your nice houses, eating good food, and here I am, your apostle, locked up. You got to do something. He didn't say that. He didn't pray that. He kept telling them, rejoice. How many believe that's what God was saying to him, probably, huh? And and he's he's doing it. And he's staying strong. Rejoice, he said. And then he said, I want to know how you're doing. I want to know how you're doing. That's love, isn't it? I know uh, my my dear grandmother, secretary and treasurer, I guess, of the church there for decades, a Sunday school teacher for generations, and uh, going home to be with the Lord. Now, Sister Lena Pearl Moore, she was a good example of showing interest in others no matter what was going on in her life. I'd see people come in and she'd maybe be hurting in her body or have something wrong if she was older. And when they came in, she'd brace herself up and she'd sit in the chair and, and begin to ask them, what's going on with them? How are they doing? And, and nobody minded coming to see her. You, I, I've heard people sometimes say, well, you know, why don't my kids come see me? And why don't my grandkids want to come see me? Y'all never come. And then when they get them on the phone, you ain't been here in X amount of time. Why don't you want to come? Well, a lot of times when they do come, first thing they hear is about, you know, my arthritis and, and, and about my high blood pressure and about how uh, this don't cover everything and, and about what they did with this. And, and after about two hours of that, the kid's thinking, well, when I get out of here, you know, <laughs> maybe even longer before I get back. Somebody say, yeah, but I have problems. Everybody's got something they're dealing with. Love will look at you. She used to do that all the time. When I'd get in and come by to see her or something, you know, you could, you know, something's going on with her. People have told me she had problems. She didn't want to talk about that. She wants to know what you doing, what's going on. You know, how are you doing? What's going on with you? That's love, isn't it? Love is not selfish. Love doesn't talk about itself. Love doesn't seek its own. Love seeks another's. Keep reading this in Philippians. He said, for I have no man, He's going to, he said, I'm going to send Timothy to you because I want to know how you're doing. Verse 20, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek what? All seek their own. Is that true in the world today? Yes, it is. Are we like that? No, we are not. But how can you keep from seeking your own? You've got to be seeking another's benefit. Not the things which are Jesus Christ. For you know the proof of him that as a son with the father, he has served with me in the gospel. Now, uh, I want you to turn with me while we're talking about this to 2 Timothy. You're not too far away. 2 Timothy, the uh, first chapter. And while you're going over there, say it out loud. Love seeks not its own. I don't seek my own. The love of God in me moves me to seek other people's benefit, other people's wealth, other people's healing, other people's deliverance. Brother Hagen tells a story about a woman he knew of that came to his hometown to visit one time, and he had heard about her. She was not an educated woman. She never went to school. 
And uh, she grew up on a farm. And uh, she began to seek God and get hungry for God and say, Lord, you know, surely there's something, something more I can do for you. And she began to uh, have it on her heart to go visit people in the community, not church sponsored. Nobody told her to go or sent her or paid for a way, but to go visit people that she heard was sick and tell them that it was God's will to heal them, pray for them and believe with them. Well, after a while, as, as the months passed and years passed, it got to be almost a full time job. And she had such success that even the doctors in town, when they'd get to a seemingly hopeless case, one fellow told a, a man concerning his wife that was diagnosed with terminal cancer, he said, well, now I'm a doctor and I'll do everything I can. But I tell you, if it was me, I'd call for Sister Flagler and have her come anoint me with oil. <laughs> Not a minister, never been to seminary, no degrees, didn't even go to high school. But used of God in a healing ministry. One reason he was so strong that way is because was it his mother? I guess the doctor's mother had been healed under their ministry. Well, uh, by this time, this woman was in her 80s. And uh, Brother Hagen heard that she was going to come through his area of town. And sure enough, here she came on the bus with her little bags. Well, it was a long, long, hot, dusty bus ride. This was back in the 50s, I guess. I mean, you know, from where she was, 80-something years old. And she got off the bus, put her little bags down, and they brought her in the house and, and, and you know, gave her some water to wash her face. And she wasn't there an hour or two. And she said, y'all got any sick folks here roundabouts? They said, well... Yeah, we've heard, you know, about two blocks away. So and so, she said, maybe we could go see them. Eighty-something years old. Strong, traveling on her own. Sharp. You know what helps keep you that way? Not sitting around thinking about yourself. Sitting around thinking about what you want and don't have and like to do and what people don't do for you and don't care about me and nobody loves me and that will ruin your peace. It'll steal your joy. It'll make you old before your time. It'll mess up your insides. Oh, but if you live to give, you wake up in the morning and say, Lord, make me strong to help somebody. You know what he'll do? He'll keep strength flowing in you. You'll just keep, you'll be like the Energizer Bunny. You'll just keep going and going and going. And people will say, man, I don't know how they do it. Well, you're graced of God because you're in the flow of what He desires. You desire what He desires. Notice this in 2 Timothy 1. In 2 Timothy 1, this really, uh, describes what we read earlier. Let, let's remind ourselves of the scripture that we looked at before. First Corinthians 13 says, love does what? Seeks not its own. And I showed you like three other scriptures there in Corinthians about you don't seek your own, but you seek another person's. Philippians, he said they all seek their own, but not Timothy. He's going to come and he's going to seek your benefit and your good. And in 2 Timothy, he gives some description about a man named Onesiphorus. 2 Timothy 1 and 15. 2 Timothy 1, 15. He says, this you know, 
that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phygellus and Hermogenes. You know that Paul had people that quit him and left him more than once. He talked about individuals. He said they loved this present world and they just quit him. How many believe Paul was an anointed man, spiritual man, godly man? So it's not just based on that the ministry wasn't a good enough caliber to stay hooked up with. Do you see that? People quit churches, quit supporting ministries, quit being involved in the work of God all the time, and they try to find and pick fault. Well, you know, Judas found fault with Jesus' ministry. And these people found fault with Paul's ministry. And if you want to try to find some excuse why you can get out, you'll find something. But you're not going to find any people on the planet that are not human to hook up with and help. Right? I've heard people say, well, you ask them about going to church. And they say, well, I don't go anywhere. Well, why? Well, all these churches are just so carnal. they just got so many problems. And you want to say, well, honey, if you found the perfect church, you'd mess it up when you joined it. You're not going to find a church where there are no problems. you got people, you're going to have some things to deal with. Now, of course, we got it at an extremely low percentage at Faith Life Church because, I mean, we are just God's gracious. But even still, we've already had a few things to have to deal with because people don't always think right. We don't know everything. And if we make a mistake and don't do the right thing exactly the way, then I ask you to forgive us. But you don't quit God. Did you hear me? Over somebody making a mistake because God has never failed you. Right? And never will. And so if you got any smarts, you don't quit God. And, and you know, if, if a church folds up, well, you find you another one. Amen. And you get in there and you hook and you serve God and you obey God. If all your friends want to backslide and go serve the devil, well, you don't. You just say, y'all are dumb. I'm staying with God. I love you, but I love him more, and I'm staying with him. I'd like for you to stay with me, but I'm not going with you. And you stay and serve God. Well, look at this in verse 16, though, how by contrast all these people had turned away and left him. But in verse 16, he said, The Lord give mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. How many believe that ministered to Paul? Can you hear that in these words? The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many things he ministered to me at Ephesus, you know very well. Another translation said, when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently. He searched hard for me until he found me. Everybody say seek. Seek. You You see what we're talking about here this morning. Love seeks not its own. But love seeks another's benefit. And if love is really motivating you, you will not be easily daunted or dissuaded. There's been numerous times, even in recent times, that the Lord would deal with Phyllis and I about individuals that they were going through some hard times. We knew it. We'd sit on our porch at the house and talk about it. 
They didn't know we knew. How'd you know? By the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Spirit. And we think, well, do we do anything? And we thought, in this one particular case, we thought, no. No, they're not ready. You know, it's not what you know. It's not what you see. It's what will people receive. And in some cases, months and months go by. And then the Lord, one morning we got up and the Lord said, go see them. Go help them. Well, we did. Loaded up our little bird and took off. Amen. A lot of times we're doing things you don't know about. But how many believe all of us ought to be about the Lord's business? And sought them out. Found them. Brought it up to them. Said, we're here to help. The Lord sent us. And they, they remarked, they said, man, that's one of the greatest manifestations of the love of God from me. Why would God get a hold of you and send you here and do this? How many know that's how we all ought to be living? You pray and you listen to God and the Holy Ghost. See, what happened to Onesiphorus? The Apostle Paul has many churches that God used him to start. He has many people that are under him. Many ministers that have trained. But Onesiphorus, we'll call him Ani for short. Ani, in the nighttime, got to praying for Brother Paul. And he just couldn't get away from it. He thought... I know I'm not some great apostle and I'm not this or that, but I got to go help Brother Paul. Don't even know where he's at. Yeah, but God will help me. So he loaded up the donkey early in the morning. And he withdrew some money out of the first bank of wherever it was. And he got to town where he heard that he was. And he wasn't in that jail. And he wasn't over here. And they had moved him to this other place. So he had to go to another town. And he'd stay in strange places and eat strange food. But he wouldn't quit till he found Brother Paul. Amen. Amen. And he was there for with supplies and with faith and with love. Everybody say he searched him out. It said he sought him diligently. It means with earnest effort. You hear people all the time. They say, well, yeah, you crossed my mind. And and I tried calling, but the phone was busy. And that was a year and a half ago. (laughs) The love's not really there. Did you hear me? Now, we're not supposed to try to to stick our nose in everybody's business. I don't mean that. And we're not supposed to, to try to go and play Savior and healer and provider for everybody. We can't. You could exhaust yourself and spend every penny you got and not touch the needs of the world. Right. Barely make a dip. But there is something God can use you to do on a regular basis. And if you'll ask him and if you'll pray, he will lead you. And I'm getting stirred up in my spirit that, you know, before long, we're going to start teaching in depth on how to be led by the Holy Spirit. How many think this is important? I've gotten direction already about this. I told you months ago. It just hadn't been quite time. But we're going to get on it and we're going to camp on it. Amen. And we're going to talk about being led in the morning and in the evening and at noontime. And we're going to be directed and sensitive and led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. You see, love directs you. The Bible talks about with the gifts of the Spirit, uh, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. 
I know there's been times before that I was in the floor praying in my office. I remember years ago at school, I, I was praying, and I just kept having this brother come across my mind, come across my mind. Well, I couldn't get away from it. I prayed, and I thought, well, maybe I'll just pray for him some. Well, that wasn't it. That wasn't enough. There's something else. So I thought, well, I'll call him. Maybe I'll call him. Well, I went and got the phone and called him. He said, Brother Keith, is that you? I said, yeah. He said, oh, Lord. He said, I was on the floor right now. Praying with this problem. I said, God, could you help me, please, with somebody? Maybe Brother Keith. <laughs> and he said, the phone rang. I said, what's going on, man? He told me. And while he's talking, the Holy Ghost gave me insight. I didn't know the answer before he started talking. But supernaturally, wisdom came up in me. And we talked and we prayed. And he was happy when we hung up. He said, that's it. That's it. That's what I'm going to do. And it worked wonderfully. That's not just for preachers. That's for believers. Every child of God. But then when God puts something on your heart, you seek it out. I know I was up in, uh, up, up north one time, finishing up a two week meeting, and I was uh, praying, waiting on the Lord some, and the Lord brought to my attention, He said, there is a pastor brother at the other end of the country, He said, I'm not satisfied with his vehicle. I said, his vehicle? He said, his car is, is insufficient. I said, really? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even thinking about this. I'm praying about the meeting, you know. He said, his car is not adequate. That's the word, not adequate. I didn't even know what kind of car he had. He dealt with me. When you get home, you fuel up your little airplane, which uh, it was a little single engine at that time. And he said, and you, well, I thought, you know, I'm going to rest a few days when I get home. He said, no, you fuel that little bird up and you fly over there. And when you get there, he'll find out you're there and he'll ask you to speak. And you say, yes. And then you get up and you tell them about this car deal. And he said, and if, they, if the church don't do it, you do it. I said, okay. So we got there, and sure enough, you know, the, uh, his car was wore out. And I mean, in just a matter of minutes, the congregation rallied and bought him a brand new nice car with all the stuff on it. Well, you had to seek that out, didn't you? I had to go, and we had to find the situation, find out what kind of car it was. It takes effort. It took money. Everybody say seek. Search it out. Now, and I go to Proverbs real quickly. I'm, I'm trying to close, but I don't want to short you either. Go to Proverbs 29. Onesiphorus sought him out very diligently and found him and ministered to him. When God puts somebody on your heart, don't just make a feeble attempt and say, well, they look like they're doing all right to me. People of faith are not going to sing you a sad song. Did you hear me? People of faith, you say, well, why did the Lord put them on my heart? They look like they're doing real good to me. People of faith are not going to tell you sob stories and pull on you to do something for them. Amen. The people who are doing that are not in faith. And the peop those people, God, most of the time won't deal with you to do something for the ones that are pulling on you. Faith doesn't drop hints. Faith doesn't get beside somebody in the altar that has money and go, oh God, oh Lord, you know that I got to have a thousand dollars by the end of the week. One thousand dollars by the end of the week. And Lord, I know nothing's too hard for you. And oh, would you move on somebody? 
somebody that'll listen to you, Lord. I just, whoa, God, would you move on somebody that's sensitive to you? People do that kind of thing. Oh, would you pray about, you know, pray about maybe doing this for us? No, listen. I've received letters, I don't mean one or two, numerous letters that misquoted Philippians and say, well, you know, the Bible says, let your request be made known. And so I'm letting you know, Brother Keith, that we'd like for you to do this. That's not what the Bible said. Let your request be made known unto God. Not unto Brother Keith or somebody else. But see, people are not relying on their faith in God. They're relying on their influencing somebody else. They're relying on me influencing you to do something for me. That's not faith. And it's not love. Everybody say, no dropping hints. Oh, why don't you pray about giving that to me? Don't tell people that. Did you hear me? Would you pray and see if God would lead you to give that to me? Would you be quiet? Never get your eyes on anything that anybody has and get to wanting theirs. There's plenty of them in the world. God will give you one. He'll give you one better than that. But isn't isn't that one of the top ten? Don't covet your neighbor's stuff. (laughs) Never, never get in the floor and say, God, move on them to give me that. Deal with them to give me some money. Never tell God who to use. Never. Should I go across that real slow again? Never. How many times? Never. Never ask God to deal with specific individuals to give you things. Never. Sow your seed. Look to Him. Ask Him for it. Believe you receive. Let Him use whoever He wants to. And if He doesn't deal with them, you leave them alone. Right? Great. Proverbs, are you there? Proverbs 29 and verse 7. Proverbs 29, 7. He says, the righteous considers the cause of the poor, but the wicked, what? Regards not to know it. Don't want to know it. Right? See, you and I are aware of only a small amount of what's going on in the earth. Very small amount. But when you and I pray and ask the Lord to lead us and guide us and direct us, how many pray like that? Do you? I mean, frequently in the the morning I'll say, Lord, order my steps, direct my paths, guide me, right? Cause me to learn, be aware of everything I ought to be aware of. Help me to make good decisions. Keep me back from making mistakes. Well, if we believe that, then He is ordering our steps. And so many things we find out about are not accidental. You know, I was actually eating a piece of pizza and read an article in a little free paper about this Medal of Honor deal. And found out that all the money wasn't there. Well, a lot of times I wouldn't even have known about something like that. I'd have been in another state doing something else, but I know about it. Amen. Hmm? Question is, should I do something about it? Well, not always should I, but we ought to be open. Right? And looking, I know about it. I shouldn't be, well, I don't want to know it. Remember the good Samaritan? 
He was different from the other guys. They saw the man in the ditch. They saw him bleeding. They saw him in trouble. They didn't want to know about it. They didn't want to look at it. They tried to pretend they didn't know, try to go around. That's not love, is it? I said, that's not love. Love realizes when I find out about things, or sometimes you have to search them out. The Lord told me this brother's car is not not adequate. I had to go find out about his car. Right? Fly halfway across the country and go and ask other people, what kind of car is the pastor got? It's not adequate. Search it. Everybody say, search it out. Now, see, faith is not going to tell you my car is not adequate. Could you, would you do something for me? But love will search it out and find out how's their car, how's their clothes, how they're doing on their payments. God puts somebody on your heart, then you begin to search, you begin to seek their welfare, their benefit. That's been happening in a measure in this church. I'm believing, and we're going to stand up here in just a minute and ask the Lord to bring it up to another level. Amen. That you and I are even more sensitive to the Holy Ghost and he lets us know about things. You might be sitting in church today and the Lord just deal with you about somebody sitting behind you or somebody sitting beside you or five rows back or somebody you saw at the, in the parking lot and you just think about them and you keep thinking about them and you got them on your heart. Well, don't act hyper spiritual and go, oh, something's going on. Something's going on. I just, I just got you on my heart. Oh, something's going on. Something's going on. What is it? What is it? No, just act normal. Don't get spacey on me. A lot of people want to act hyper-spiritual like, I'm hearing from God. Well, glory, you should have been doing that long ago. And they, they want to tell her, I heard from the Lord. Well, great. Glad you're with us now. But just act normal and natural and maybe take them for a meal and talk about stuff. And, and as you seek and look, you're searching with your heart. Sometimes you'll notice something, and then the Lord will lead you from that to something else. And a lot of times you can do things behind the scene. Nobody ever knew who did it. Take care of things. This is supposed to be happening right and left in Faith Life Church. Front and back. Right and left. Happening on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Amen? It is happening. God will put people on your heart. And, and sometimes you pray for them, and that's all it was. You prayed for them, that's good, it's done. Sometimes you, have, you ought to call them. Sometimes you got to seek and search and find out. Onesiphorus, aren't you glad he did? How many believe he was refreshing to Paul in his situation? There are probably thousands of people that could have done, but weren't doing anything. But Oni showed up. Oni rode on that donkey a long ways. <laughs> Oni brought money. Oni was there and said, Paul, we love you. We believe in you. We're not ashamed of you. Isn't that what he said? Other folks said, well, oh, Paul's an old jailbird. He showed up and said, Apostle Paul showed him respect. We're not ashamed of you. And they said, you, you know this man? He said, I sure do. I'm one of his converts. Now let me see him. You going to identify with this guy, this radical? Yes, sir. That's a man of God. He's my father in the faith. Let me in. Amen. Amen unashamed and he had to seek he had to search but he got the job done I respect that don't you stand on your feet let me lead you in a prayer the devil is on a search and destroy mission how about me and you 
We're on a search and rescue. Amen. Sometimes you got to look and you got to keep looking till you find, until you see what's going on. You can't go, well, I don't care about knowing that. I got plenty of stuff of my own to keep it with. No, that's a problem. That's how you go down. We do want to know when a brother's hurting, when a sister's in trouble, right? We do want to know. That's one reason we're believing God to get so strong and to get so prosperous. So we got the ability to help, to make a difference, to make changes. Close your eyes and lift your hearts before the Lord. Let me lead you in a prayer. And don't pray this lest you mean it, but you should desire it and pray it in sincerity and faith. Say it out loud, Father God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me before I loved you, while I was still your enemy. You loved me and gave yourself for me. You sent Jesus to seek and save that which is lost. And I have the same ministry. The ministry of Jesus continues in me. And through me, you've raised me up. And you've sent me to seek and to save what is lost. Help me to grow more sensitive to your Holy Spirit. His leadings, His dealings. Give me awareness and direction. Show me who, when, where, how you can use me to help somebody else. Here am I. Use me. Send me. I'm available in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now go ahead and say this too. I claim much extra finances so I'll have the ability to help others in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Just praise Him a little bit. Just, just thank Him for using you on a higher plane more supernatural ministry oh hallelujah glory to God 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 oh this is exciting to me you know Phyllis uh, mentioned earlier about how broke we used to be and we you know just jump for cars and jump for house and Rags for clothes. But we ain't there anymore. I mean, we've got equipment. We've got good clothes. We've got good food. We've got good money, good vehicles, good airplane. But it's not so we can just go have a vacation. What, I, what am I saying? The more we begin to desire, Lord, give us ability to help other people. We begin to come up. Amen. I want the ability to go anywhere at any time and help anybody any way. I got to be blessed to do that. I got to have stuff and ability. I got to be healthy to do that. I got to be strong to do that. You understand what I'm saying? And the more your desire lines up with his desire, then the faith for the stuff works by the love 
for God and the people and you seek his kingdom first and all this stuff is added to you. Amen. You know, Brother Kenneth Copeland's believing for this latest, greatest new jet and he's well on his way to it. And he said one thing the Lord told him, you know, well, Lord, you know, uh, there's all kind of different things he could get, but this is the latest, the greatest. This is the fastest civil airplane. You got to go to a military fighter to get faster than this. This thing is smoking, and it'll 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 leap oceans in a single bound, and it will literally. And and, and he said the Lord told him. He said, if I want you to be in China to minister uh, for to somebody for me tomorrow, I don't want you to have to ask somebody, can you go? To have the ability. Huh? Even in my little single airplane and and, and with our resources and with enough money to do it. I didn't have to ask anybody. The Lord said, go across the country, take care of that guy's car. I just said, yes, sir. Amen. Take off and go do it. Amen. And be we gave a big chunk of money on that. And you have that same opportunity and right. If you desire that. If you just want to build your own little thing, it doesn't work that way. But if you want to help somebody else, God will pour money on you. He'll put stuff in your hands. He'll open doors for you. Amen. And it'll just get bigger and better. And the good thing about being a pipe, where lots of water flows through, the pipe's always full of water. <laughs> it's new water, but it's always you're always full of water. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. One more time. Say it out loud. Here am I, Lord. Use me like it pleases you. Everything I am, everything I have, everything under my control, everything I have access to is available to you to help somebody with. I mean it. I'm serious about it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Are you really making yourself available to Him? You really are? He's going to take you up on it. And it's the happiest you'll be. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.